today on Growth Mindset University. In 2017, we saw 5,000 coins created. What happened in 2017? Because that was just trippy, the way that <laughs> happened. You're listening to Growth Mindset University, educating tomorrow's leaders with lessons from today's entrepreneurial elite. It's a progressive new age of business we find ourselves in, and we'll help you find the success you seek by listening to today's industry professionals and thought leaders teach us the lessons we should have learned in school but didn't. Now, please welcome your host, Jordan Paris. Today on the podcast, we are talking about cryptocurrency. Very interesting topic that I don't know a ton about, and I'd say that the average person doesn't know a ton about either. It's this mysterious thing. And so with me today talking about cryptocurrency, I have a lady named Catherine Coley. Catherine is the CEO of Binance.us, a digital asset marketplace built for easy and secure access to buy, trade, and stake digital assets in America. As a seasoned fintech veteran, she comes to Binance.us with combined experience at the crossroads of global capital and cryptocurrency markets. Most recently, Coley was head of XRP institutional liquidity at Ripple, it's a mouthful, where she played an integral role in the digital assets liquidity and market development. Now, before entering the digital asset industry, Catherine served as a foreign exchange and treasury management advisor to startups at Silicon Valley Bank after five years on trading floors as a foreign exchange associate at Morgan Stanley in Hong Kong and London. So Catherine obviously has an extensive background in finance and digital assets, and I'm eager to talk with her today about this. Without further ado, here she is, Catherine Coley. All right, I'm here with Catherine Coley. You can find her at Crypto Coley on Twitter, at Binance US, uh, her company on Twitter. Binance.us is the app where you can find it on the App Store. And that's the website as well, Binance.us instead of .com. It is .us, Binance.us. Catherine, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. The first question I'll ask you then is, how did you get your job? That's a lot of hard work. Uh, I think that was the first thing that, that got me my job. The second one was just being in the right place at the right time. Mm. It's something I've heard from prior bosses of mine that I never wanted to believe. And there's a lot more to, to that than just right place and right time. I, uh, for the past 10 years, have been focused on understanding complex markets and digesting them, understanding who's playing in them, who are the who are you know who are the winners, who are the losers, what makes the losers the losers, and what makes the winners the winners. And I've been doing this in traditional markets and foreign exchange, internationally, all over uh, Hong Kong and London, trying to understand why these markets were you know less exciting but equally difficult compared to the New York capital market scene. And then I got into crypto and kind of began to pair those items with what I'd been seeing in this new kind of budding market space. And uh, then I found myself on a bus next to a, a gentleman and I, I reached out and said hello and he happened to be the CFO of Binance mm. and uh, the rest is history. We really we really got along wow. and, and he kind of said, I, I think you know what you're doing and I think you know what you wanna be doing. And this would be, this would be a, a complimentary 
endeavor for for me to lead Binance US. Yeah, why don't and, you just uh, be our CEO? Yeah, we can match you on the bus. Why don't you, why, you, why, why you, don't you be our CEO? <laughs> Uh, sounds like you've never done that before. Sounds like, uh, you know, sounds like this is exactly what something you'd want to be yeah. driving and, and building. And so I take it back to kind of being that right place, right time. I'd had enough years in, in, in the market space to understand who was relevant. I had built out my networks to really be able to build a team that would have kind of these key roles yes. and players well, been in at, it. You'd been at Ripple. Yeah, right, I'd, I'd at, been at, at Ripple. That time. I'd had like two years of mm -hmm. in-depth analysis inside of a token. So understanding all the liquidity that goes into building out a market for, uh, for a certain token. So I had that side, I had the traditional side, and then I just had the, the hunger to, to begin to take this off and, and really improve the infrastructure for Americans. Uh, that was something I, sh I struggled with back in 2017. I remember even buying website domains because it was so hard for me to get my hands on crypto because I kept on getting shut down from, you know, you name it, the, the US offerings for uh, buying crypto. I was getting shut down. I think I had a Florida ID at that time and not a lot of places were open to Florida. So it was, it was that, uh, that, that kind of, trial of being so frustrated. And even when I did get through, they were taking, you know, one, two percent of my money in order to make a trade. And I was like, well, this doesn't really work for for someone that's, you know, not dealing in institutional size, but still wants to have a, a piece of, of this next future. So that that's really what drove me to think about think about the opportunity of bringing something like Binance US to the US and uh, begin to craft a team that really, really would be hungry for it. So they Binance they just weren't serving anyone yeah. in the U.S. at all. It was just worldwide, but not U.S. Exactly. The U.S. is a different beast when you think about it. And it's it's great because Binance.com has been able to kind of sweep the global landscape in terms of offering crypto. And they can be able to provide this kind of global access for, you name it, a product. They can build it. They've got such a speed to which they can build things up. And I think we think about how DeFi, Binance has been able to kind of grow forward in DeFi so quickly because the regulations are just different. Whereas in the US, we've got, you know, more than three bodies controlling uh, our regulation. You've got the SEC, the CFTC, you name it. The state regulation is how the, the banking licenses are, are doled out. The lending licenses are different. The, you know, uh, futures is all run by CFTC. So we have all of these different puzzle pieces in the US that just make it a full-time job. It has to be someone's whole sole focus to be able to manage what's going on and also deal with the, the in-depth requests of the American users. They're, yeah. they're much unlike uh, many other uh, regions where the demands are high and, and the quality that they're expecting is even higher. Now, Catherine, I think that there's, with my listeners of Growth Mindset University, I think that there's so many unknowns with cryptocurrency. And I, I do want to get there. I'll fill in a knowledge gap. Some people may not know. Ripple that we mentioned, that's a, that is a, a type of cryptocurrency. Yeah. The uh, XRP is the cryptocurrency. Yeah, Ripple XRP. is the company. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know like a little bit more than the average person about cryptocurrencies, but obviously not nearly as much as you do. So I am an average so person. So I love to explain it. And in, yeah. in, in, some people call it layman terms. I just call it everyday people because there's no reason why any of us should feel like we were gifted with this knowledge more so than others. This technology came out less than, you know, 15 years ago. So when you think about that, 
everyone is a novice in this space. No one was kind of born into a family of crypto. No, no one had you know right. gen- genetically uh, <laughs> you know stronger foundation in understanding cryptography. So really, there's no there's no reason people shouldn't be able to get a get a good definition of yeah. what it means and understand how it works. Certainly. Well, I do want to get more into the purpose of it later, but before that, I, I'm just very curious as to because whenever I think of finance, I think of for better or worse, Wolf of Wall Street and the scenes in the office. There's the, in a the, sea of 200 men. There's like one woman working in the office. The um, the Patagonia fleeces and, yes. and French cuffs walking yeah. down the streets of Midtown. Yeah, that's exactly one, that's exactly it. It's, yeah, and you you're a, a woman in finance, which I just I I get that. I think of that scene, like I said, and I just think there there aren't are there is that accurate? Are there not many women in finance? Well, they're kind of. I, I take it in, in a different way. So I uh, I had the fortune of joining almost an all-male desk in Hong Kong. You think we thought it was the Wild West back then because it was not U.S. related foreign exchange, which was still kind of the you know the, either either the jocks or the the gruffest the gruffest of the gruffest trading floors just because of how quickly it moved, you know how intense intense the emotions were, and that that kind of was the the breeding ground of testosterone that I I signed up for. And it was great because even on that floor, I had some of the best female mentors in my career. And they they were pricing some of the most complex options, structuring deals for some of the national banks, being able to you know restructure where their risks were and and pass it along to the the users so that they were having full full you know full hedging cases against macroeconomic situations. And when you realize you're like, this is what you know, we're able to do in this space just because no one's there for it. Awesome. So I, I give huge credits to the the folks that came before me that had, you know, bucked the trend and, and became kind of the sharpest um, options pricers in the room and structured deals. That was absolutely something that I said, okay, well, if she can do it, I can do it. And we, we both kind of helped each, each other along the way. So I think there's a, a lot of elements where even if you don't look like you belong there, there's no reason someone should tell you you shouldn't be there. And yeah, it does take a lot of, you know, head down focus and making sure that you can achieve yeah. that, that same quality. But it really comes down to quite a meritocracy when it's when it's numbers based. And that's what I've always loved is, you know, profits can can be generalists when it comes to how you deliver. And that's really where crypto caught my eye, because it was all behind computers. No one really needed to know who you were or how, where you came from in order for you to participate. So uh, that's something where I think that while the, while the world still is battling its biases, there are definitely places that let you uh, be who you want to be behind, behind, behind whatever screens you need to be. I'm, you know, something that fascinates me is how does somebody come into, I, I mean, I've never been in the corporate world. I'll never be in the corporate world, but how does someone go come into a company young, bottom of the totem pole, and then one day become CEO of that company or another company that's really big. Like how, I, I just, I just don't, I don't understand. Like how does you, Catherine Coley coming into Morgan Stanley, I mean, how many, how many years did, did it take from like you starting your first job to becoming the, the CEO of Binance. How long was it? Yeah. So it was f- I was five years in Wall Street and then I actually got la- la- laid off. <laughs> so, you know, your miracle story isn't vertical. Mm. Uh, so I was laid off and had had a good amount of time 
trying to figure out who I was next. In 2008? Um, in 2016, actually. Oh, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. Wow. I, in 2008, I wasn't even in the markets. I hadn't, oh. gradu- I hadn't graduated college. Oh, I didn't uh, realize. Yeah, so I graduated in 2011 and had done a summer internship in Hong Kong the summer before. I had spent my, my junior year of college studying abroad. I'd gone to, it was a three- Three continent program where you spent six months in Copenhagen, six months in Hong Kong, six months back in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, with the same 45 people. So 15 people from each institution or university. And so during the financial crisis, I'm, I'm abroad. I, I mean, I, I'm getting all my information, not from direct sources. And this is pre iPhone. You know, this is me watching CNN on the, the little you know TV that I had in our um, in our little dormitory and uh, trying to glean the information there. So when I was coming back into the, the marketplace for a, an internship, how was I to compete with, you know, the savvy New York folks that were on the ground hearing about it or already, you know, homegrown into finance? Yeah, how? How? Um, and so a big thing that I've always believed in is taking risks, putting yourself in unlikely situations where you can get the most knowledge out of it with the least expectations. So applying to Morgan Stanley Hong Kong was kind of like, what? Are you sure? Like, did you get lost? You know, Midtown is our office. And the, the reason for that was it was a much smaller team yet covered the same 12 hour time uh, zone that New York covered and London covered, but you were a much, much smaller team. So these responsibilities I'd have and the volatility that we were seeing across Asia was one where you just became this big sponge and learned everything so quickly. And you'd be given a lot more things because there were so few of you. So instead of a you know trading floor of 300 people, we probably had trading floor of 60 people and an FX team of 12. And you're still having to deal with the largest macro clients in the world and pick up the phone and price things that you didn't think you'd ever get to be pricing. I think I, I priced something like a, a purchase of $2 billion worth of yen, uh, uh, Japanese yen, and that would never happen in New York. And so this kind of throwing yourselves in these riskier situations lets you learn a lot more and when you learn a lot more, you can do a lot more. So I, I, give, mm-hmm. I give huge credits to kind of raising your hand for things when people say, ooh, that's dangerous, or are you sure you want to do that? And you're kind of like, this is the chance for me to you know, take, take, a ton, right. take a ton more. But if I'm willing to do it and I know it's going to be tough work, that's really where I've seen the rewards come through. Big risk, big reward. That's how it works. So yeah. a lot of the times that's situationally. you got to throw yourself move yourself halfway around the world for something yeah. like this. You've got to, you know, buck the trend of people saying, you know, well, at, you know, at our 10 year reunion, Catherine, where were you? And I, I've never attended a high school reunion because I've never been on the right side of the world. But that's just to me, the, the steps that you have to take in order to, to, to get enough responsibility to know, know more about each, each market that you're in, the different types of people that you meet. And this just becomes this, this kind of mm-hmm. knowledge that you can carry with you and, and take on bigger, bigger items. So yeah. the idea of becoming a CEO, but 30 years old to me, I, I kind of said, well, yeah, I mean, the, the items that I need are, are growing a strong team. I've got all the people and players you, in my mind are, that I want. Are you thirty? You're only. Are you only? Are you only seven years older than me? <laughs> I, uh, the case? I turned thirty-one uh, last year, so. So you're eight years old. I'm turning twenty-three <laughs> in a couple of days. Actually, oh, that's tomorrow. awesome. Yeah, that's yeah 20, so 23 funny. was my best. My best, like uh, mental clarity year. I said I'm in the right place, and then I had not yet moved to London. I was in Hong Kong, and I was like, I'm going to be here for fifteen years. I'm going to be the best FX trader that I've ever seen mm. in the next century. Well, guess what? I'm not, and life is still great. <laughs> That's wonderful. Speaking to the, the risk reward 
Mm-hmm. This is going to sound elementary, but I had my first real like betting, not even a real betting experience, but I, I, I did because I don't gamble. I don't do any of that. But, you know, I saw this commercial when I was watching football last night to bet on the presidential debate with this Fox betting app. And I was like, oh, I really want to do that. <laughs> and I, you don't have to put any money down. It's like $25,000 um, like gets divided among the people who get who answer get the, the right. most questions right. And which is like for Fox, that's not a lot. Of, I, I was $25,000 among a few people. That's not, I'm like, God damn it. But I'm like, all right, I want to answer these questions anyway. Yeah. It's like six questions. And it shows you the percentage of people that answered yes or no or there, yes, there will be a handshake or no, there won't be a handshake. Like 13% chance there will be a handshake. And I'm thinking like, okay. And I, I start to catch on by like the sixth question. Like how, how am I going to separate myself? How would I like actually win? And it's, it's choosing the answer that, that maybe 1% of people choose. Like that's how you're going to win. Not just choosing the most popular answer every single time. You're not going to win that way. In the same vein, what we were talking about in taking those chances in in your career, taking those risks, you gotta be willing to do th- things that no one else ninety five percent of other people aren't willing to do. Yeah, right. When I think about things like how many how many others would think this is a consensus or an agreed upon opinion, and if it's if it's not, if no one's saying this is a good idea then to me, that's, that's a great idea. That's a great, yeah, right, that's a great right, opportunity right. to take because uh-huh. it either works out, you have the time of your life succeeding. It doesn't work out. You learn every single thing no one else is ever going to learn again. Yes. And the worst part is if it's just a failure, it's just a failure. Mm. I've, got, I've got many more years left to, to rebuild and, and try again and yeah. take, it, take it away. But no, one, no one's going to be able to take away this experience that I've had, the people that I've learned along the way, just the feeling of having such a high pressure situation that you're going to be navigating through. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really like hard. It's really hard to find those things. Yeah. So for so, me, for me, it's all about navigating that yeah. unknown. It's really been the the path of joy for me. Yeah, Catherine, you'll you'll appreciate the episode that came out today on the podcast, September twenty eighth is with the co-founder of Square, Jim McKelvey. And one of the things that I'm read, talking I'm read, about. I'm reading his book. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a, the Innovation Stack. It's, a, it's yeah. a great book. Yeah. I listened to so it on awesome. Audible. Yeah. So awesome. It really, it took me, I, I don't know, maybe if it's like five hours on Audible, it took me six hours maybe. It took me a good three hours to start to get it. and then it, But it ties together at the end very nicely. So... Very Check it good out. Book. Yeah, yes. it's a it's a great book. It's it's one of those that I'm I'm still not finished with it. So I'm waiting for those three hours where it all comes together. Yeah, but, uh, absolutely. One of those stories that I want to be um, right learning from. Certainly, but Jim was talking about, and I I know because I literally just re-listened to the episode. That's what I do on Mondays when the episode comes out. Monday morning I listen to it, and he was talking about you know if you're doing something that's truly original that that hasn't been done before, you're going to get like everyone's going to tell you this is. Like, don't do this. This is a bad idea. You're going to get a lot of pushback. I think it's kind of what what you were saying a little bit, right? Yeah, I mean, there takes a huge amount of knowing yourself before you take on these things. I, I laugh oftentimes. People say, like, oh, what are you doing being a woman in crypto? I was like, well, I was a woman in foreign exchange. And they're like, oh, okay. And then I was like, and before that, I had curly brown hair living in Florida. So, like, you, you've got to know yourself from, from the root um, in order to take on these 
challenges and it certainly it lets you take those bigger risks knowing how secure you are with yourself and I, I i remind my team when we're hiring does the person know who they are and if they know who they are then they can take on these risks but if you don't know who you are and you're trying to take on these risks your foundation will crumble and you won't be able to take on such challenges so you really do if, if there's anything people can learn in four years of college it's know who you are or know who you want to become and and understand kind of what it is that your values stand for, and then you can take on anything. Yeah, certainly. Catherine, I want to move on to something that, to really the, the world of financial liter literacy, something that you had said in another podcast. I, I think it was in the, maybe it was in the podcast with the, I don't remember his name, but the CTO of, of Ripple. Uh, yeah, uh, David Schwartz. Yeah, 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 that's what it was. Said towards the end, educate, don't intimidate. And the other thing I think about when I think of like Wall Street is this closed group uh. that with fancy, <laughs> yeah, with fancy terms. Yeah, it's, where they're shouting "one of us" and you're like, yeah. "Okay, so I think I'm, of intimidation." I'm not one of them. Yeah, right, 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 right. <laughs> so, educate, don't intimidate. Explain, explain that a little bit. I know. I mean, we just. I, we kind of just did, but... Um... No, it's, it's, it's been my motto since starting Binance US because everything that I do every day could be wildly intimidating. Mm -hmm. But having someone break it down for you, explaining it, hearing it explained, making sure you're making, checking yourself to say, did I, did I get this right? Am I, am I understanding this? Opens up like kind of your next door of understanding. And then, you, and then you're faced with another wall of intimidation and someone helps you out and you get there and then you're educated and you move on to the next one. And that is that progress of overcoming intimidating environments and yeah. educating yourself and educating others is really how we rise in terms of society where all of us are making these decisions from an educated perspective. I think you mentioned it a little bit by saying it was your first time betting or you're not a gambler. There's a very big difference in, in betting and then taking calculated, educated choices. And that's really where those those risks that you're taking, I want you to be educated in. I want you to sure. be aware of what you're taking on because then you're more confident in, in what you actually have to prove or have, what you have to go through. So to me, it's it's less about this technology getting even more complicated and, and the walls of, of crypto rising and people being left behind. That's not going to solve any of our issues. Our, our biggest issue is that we need a currency that everyone can understand and can move freely around the world and has you know, a value that everyone respects. Well, that means everyone has to have the same level of understanding, at least a base level of understanding sure. for it, and then be able to build upon it in, in specialist ways like we do see. But the, the world of finance was so intimidating for me. And yet I knew at the end, I need to have enough money to pay for the things I wanted in life and the only way to do that was to understand how money worked. And I'm telling you now, it, it only took really until COVID for me to be like on top of my finances because I wasn't doing anything else. <laughs> and I was like, okay, it's Saturday morning. You know, let's pull up that spreadsheet and budget our lives because, you know, there's not a brunch to go to. There's not a distraction here. There's not uh, 150 forces in the world making you do things that are distracting you from your own goals. Yeah. So now's a better time than ever to dig into 
the, the, the root understandings of, of your finances. And a lot of times people say, okay, well, you know, is financial education knowing, you know, knowing what a bond is, knowing what yeah, a stock what is. is. No, it's understanding how, how money is going to benefit your life and what are the benefits that you really need. So for me, the, the access to my money outside of banking hours was crucial. I, I'm an extremely driven person in my work day, and I'm not going to take 30 minutes for lunch to go check in with a broker or go down to the bank and, and you know send a check. And so I really needed something that would let me send funds, access funds outside of that nine to five period because I was spending all day busting my ass at my job. And I know I'm not the only person doing that. And so how can you expect people to be in control of their money if the only time they can communicate with their money is during their work day? And, and that to me was a real struggle. Right. Yeah, and you're like, okay, so you, yeah. so you want me to be a good investor of my own funds so they work for me while I'm working and earning each dollar. And yet the time I need to invest is during my work hours. Well, that's, that's not going to help me get promoted. Right. You know, that's, my boss isn't going to appreciate when I'm sitting over here looking through my, uh, you know, my stock portfolio, j- jamming out on my own financials. But that's what it takes in order to to get ahead is to have, you know, your money working for you when you're not working to get money. Certainly. And so that's really where crypto hit that switch with me and said, oh, my God, I can work whatever job I want, wherever I want, access my funds. It's an Internet connection away. I'm a I'm queen of not wanting to remember what toggle or, you know, this and that and logins, et cetera. So having something where it would all be available to me, I could take it with me wherever I was. Um, I traveled a ton. I love to travel. I love to, you know, be in different environments. And that doesn't work when you've got a local bank. That doesn't work when you've got a, a rent check that needs to be handed yeah. in, in person. So, so each of those improvements and, and it, it so started. So, do you not have bank accounts, or, or you, like, no, it, no, man, I've got bank <laughs> accounts, but I've got to, you know, I, I've, I've, I've got to figure out how to how to pay my uh, my rent when it's a requested check in person. And I'm like, right. this means this means I can't travel at the end of each month because I got to go walk it over to to my landlord. And uh, you think about those, and you're like, okay, well, how can we improve upon that? And so you see the iterations of Venmo, of Zelle, of, of Square Cash, and you kind of see, okay, what pain points are they solving? I see how that works. But I still have this pain point of, you know, accredited investors are only allowing certain types of people to invest in those bigger, uh, sophisticated products. Okay, well, well how, can we, how can we democratize or, or let everybody have a chance at investing in these things? How can we also give this information to people without uh, requirements of a business degree or a university, you know, major in, in finance? Sure. How, do, how, do we, how do we give this access to anyone that's really, really wanting to get out of their current situation? And to me, that's, that's how money has always been a, a factor. It is what will let me live my life that I want to lead. And yeah, that, that includes therapy. Therapy is expensive. So I had to figure out a job that would pay me for that. Yeah. And how, how, can I, how can I get into the, the situations where money works for me in my life rather than I have to always work for money? Sure. And, and that's really where I think with crypto and with the infrastructure that we're building, I could possibly live the life that I always wanted to live via ballerina, be able to trade in the, in the evenings, sustain mm. my lifestyle. But that's not how the world worked back then. You had to make strong choices into which, you know, which realm you wanted to be, and you'd be stuck there. 
And that, that scares me. So the ability of giving people an opportunity outside of their, you know, their, their current conditions or outside of their kind of pre-planned conditions based on their college major, based on their first job, that, that feeling of being stuck is something that is so punishing to someone's life, to someone's own, own imagination. And so crypto to me really lets us live a life that we want to live while also having access into an investment realm that can unlock many doors. And understanding how that works is something that I think is critical yeah. from the beginning steps. And, and it'll get you it'll get you talking more about other types of ways of investing too, which is yeah. kind of the, the best the best way rather than people being so intimidated at at first not even knowing how to do it and then you know being forced into certain circumstances because of how life goes on so outside of investing in litecoin in what was it probably end of 2017 whenever the big surge was yeah 2017 and i i don't i don't remember how much i invested but i i more than doubled my money and i know i came away with like two thousand dollars like i didn't put a ton of money in there but it was like cool Still, you know two thousand yeah. dollars out of nowhere yeah 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 <laughs> like i i profited two thousand not came away with like in total and that was that was really cool i hit it at the right time so outside of that though i don't really have experience investing in crypto although i do have probably i i remember i at the same time period i had i i was using bitrex and i just invested in a bunch of different coins by a couple hundred dollars worth. And then I ended up selling $200 worth of it. And I think I left $100 in there and just deleted the app. So I could be a billionaire right now and not even know. Check it out. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll check that out. Some of, the, some of the best traders are ones that don't tinker with it. So, mm -hmm. you know. You... Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. I agree with that. But besides those, I just invest in the regular old stock market in stocks like Square and uh, Apple and Facebook and stuff like that. Get a bunch of different stocks. And I'm up 140% in three years. Nice. Why would I? And I and and I don't have to. I, I don't have like a corporate job where I'm like at an office working all day. Would there be any reason for me to? Do you say invest in crypto to buy cryptocurrency? Like what? Yeah, I don't so, get it. So there's a couple of things, and I I like to make this quite clear because some people think investment and they think that that requires money out. And I, I like to clarify that investing in yourself is the first thing. Give yourself the time to understand what you're doing. Give yourself the space to say, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna understand this next concept and be good at it, and I'm gonna try it, and I'm gonna give myself this room to have skin in the game to understand how it works. You have to, you have to, make, you have to make time and space for yourself before you start giving money to other people. So that's my first, just as a blanket, if anyone's looking to get into investing in something, looking to it, invest in yourself first, spend that time yeah. to understand it, to get all of your, you know, your logins, your understand how the safety works, understand how privacy is important in, in understanding money, get, get that right and safe so that you have a good foundation to know that you've done it right before you move on. And then after that, something like stocks, stocks are super easy to now get into. They used to not be super. So that's an, that's a huge improvement. 
but what are you doing with those stocks? Are you are you looking at charts? Are you understanding how the technical analysis is working and, and being in play? Are you reading the fundamentals? Do you know the company? Have you looked at their financial statements? Is that how you're trading? Maybe, maybe not, but spend time learning about that. And then the other in crypto, spend time understanding what it is that people are after. Is it the businesses that are being built upon this that are fascinating to you? Is it the projects? Uh, is it the the mechanisms? We've, we've seen a huge change in how coins come into the market now because of the mechanisms in place. So it used to just be, here's a token, it represents a utility, kind of like a Chuck E. Cheese coin. You need it in order to access their systems or, or for, for instance, like BNB, you get 25% off your trading when you use it on Binance US. There's certain tokens that have this utility, but then there's other tokens now that basically unlock a, a yield that you can earn on top of it by just holding it. So whether that's called staking, that's kind of the term, and it's these proof of stake tokens. So a different type of breed of Bitcoin uh, that now give you a return or, or give you a reward for just holding it. So that that's another way to which you can... Yeah, it's like a bank account that grows. Right, which earth to anyone thinking about investing when someone says, you know, open up a savings account, be careful because your savings account isn't earning you anything anymore. No, I, oh my God, it's such <laughs> a waste. Yeah. I, got I some, don't have, I don't have a savings account. It's I got just, some amazing textbooks that are out there, you know, preaching a savings account because they'll earn you 6% and you're kind of like, I wish we were in that world, but we're not. Right. Yeah. So, if we so were, wake up, I wake up know. first of all. Uh, I mean, at first I don't I, even get the point of it because it's just like, it's just a, Checking and savings. Why do I need something that labeled savings? Like it's, that's the only difference between the two accounts. Well, why? Why one, do I? One thing I, might, I don't might need... one thing might be is that you have a psychological feeling that you don't touch that money, and that's sure, a, that's sure. an important step is knowing that this money is reserved for growth and not yeah. for personal well, consumption. I, I see how that can work for some people. I don't have but any nothing's But nothing's happening in that savings account right now. So yeah. that, that's the other thing you have to just wake up to and be like, yeah. okay, you know, me not me not spending this money is one step in the right direction. But that money needs to be growing rather than decaying in, in its current state. So whether that's investing in yourself for extending your own education, whether that's investing in the time that you're going to give yourself or putting that money to use. And I think that's really the important part is that we get to a stage where we feel like we can put this money to use and recognize that there are ups and downs in the markets, but as long as you're partaking in it and understanding what you need to be in diversifying it and kind of building it out, it's going to work for you. It's, it's going to be much better than having it funneled into your groceries or some other aspects. And of course you have to make those decisions on your own. I, I certainly, have had moments where I've wanted to, you know, purge it into the market, and you and you're looking at uh, debt on one side or student loans on the other, and going, well, which one do I pay off first? You got to you got to pay off your debts. You got to make sure food's on your table. You got to take care of yourself and your family first of all. But in terms of where you can put your next money to use, think about investing in yourself. Think about investing in in kind of that long term rather than uh, the short term short term wins and, and gains, and and that's kind of where. I see much like stocks and you know other elements in the market. Think about think about the folks that are just in equities or just in stocks right now. Haven't even begun to look into real estate. Haven't even begun to look into crypto. That's kind of all that they've got and all that they can see right now. And the interesting part about uh, crypto is that there's a different kind of policy behind it. And I think that's the fascinating thing we've seen in 
and equities, every time there's stimulus or money printing, that's going to be great for, for markets because those, that's, that's how, that's how the, um, the Fed is really looking into increasing the economy is by printing money and making it go into the, in the, these, uh, these companies. The, the downside is that really is just meaning that your dollar value is, is plummeting. Yes. And so in crypto, it's a scarce amount of tokens that are created. So only 21 million Bitcoin are possibly created. And you're never actually going to get to 21 million. We've had oh, some really? we've had some that have been lost. We've had some that are locked up and no way lost. No way how, to get in touch. How does something dig get lost? How, how does something digital get lost? That's the perfect reason. I mean, imagine uh, imagine losing your password to an email and never being able to find it again. Mm. You're like, oh, good luck. No one's going to be able to get to there. So that that's some of the reasons of the importance of understanding how these tokens work, you, how secure they are. There's not a helpline to, hey, I lost these tokens. I can't find them in the couch. Right. <laughs> you know, can you can you make me a new one? Same no. way, same way you can't call the government and be like, hey, can you print a couple more dollars for me? I lost it. <laughs> it fell out of my pocket. Right, right. Like I swear, it was just you know, <laughs> it was sit, it was sitting on the bus and I lost right. it. Uh, no, and so that's something that I, I really want people to understand is we're not dealing with skittles here that are flying, you know, coming down from a rainbow. We're dealing more with dynamite, and so there's some really amazing things about dynamite and what it can do. But it's also pretty dangerous. And so you need to be aware of, you know, how to store it safely, who you give it to, who's giving it to you. You know, those are the those are the elements to which I want people to be really comfortable around digital assets because it is a, a, a bigger deal that we're we're handling. It's not a you know, one dollar bill, it's a traceable element and a and a unit of value that you can really see move all around the world. There's these things called block explorers, which really show when a transaction is completed and where it goes to. And you can map where your cryptocurrency goes all over the world. And, and that's that's a miraculous thing that... What do you mean map where it goes all over the world? You, you can see where your transactions go. So say I send, you know, I send a couple hundred... Um, dollars of Bitcoin to a, a charity through through um, through through a crypto charity foundation, I can actually track where those funds end up being paid. Does it go into does it get turned into dollars and into someone's bank account and I never see where it ends up? Or do I see it going into a, yeah. a you know, an investment provision for, I, I a, for like, a certain region? I feel like um, you shouldn't have to worry about where's the money going once you pay for a good or a service. I feel like that's weird. It's weird, but that's how the world works. Because I wouldn't. Now that I know that about <laughs> cryptocurrency, I'm not taking that as payment. <laughs> oh, I, you absolutely. Not that I have anything sketchy, but like. But no, I just it, don't want people to know. Well, where no. I'm spending the, the, my money. There's there's some element of that that people are worried about, but yeah. there's also a positive to that to say that that is my payment. And in case someone's like, "Ah, oh, no, we never got your payment," and you're like, "Oh, yeah." There's no way for you to tell tell someone if they didn't get your bank account. I mean, sure. Swift receipts are only one sided. You think about that. Like you send a big international wire somewhere, and the only receipt you have is that you sent it. They, sure. they never have it on the other side that they received it. So now with digital assets, you can confirm that the other person has received it. And you can confirm. And be like, oh, no, actually, you spent it on this. <laughs> exactly. So, right. you know, there's some benefits to that, but that's like one kernel of what makes digital assets quite cool. The, the other aspects of it are that you can send this to anyone in the world. And you think about, you know, if I wanted to help someone in need in, gosh, you name it. You say, I've got a buddy in London. I've got to go to my bank, 
lose on the FX transaction into pounds, send them the pounds, which isn't going to happen overnight. Yeah, it's not. Then they've got to pay to receive it, and then they get the funds. So what my hopeful twenty dollar help out their day turned into a, a sixteen dollar fee on their side. Yeah, and you know it's it's interesting because like when people are like, oh, I'll pay you back, I'll I'll, and then and they vent, and I'm I'm thinking to myself like. And not that I'm strapped for cash, but like I think to myself, like, man, it, it, it's got it's got to come to me in Venmo, and then it takes like forever to like transfer to my bank account, like five, three to five days or whatever. And if you want to do it instant, there's like a like an extra fee attached to it. Um, and no, I I often it's, if, if someone's going to pay me weird. back, I'm like pay me back in company or in, in an equal currency. Buy me my next meal. <laughs> yeah, and so you're you're making these routes around someone paying you back or someone being able to reciprocate because our money systems are so broken that you don't want to receive money back. You'd rather receive time or food or memes. There's other currency in the world right now memes. because money is so difficult yeah. to move back and forth between each other. Mm -hmm. So I think that's, that's a real benefit inside of crypto. For instance, we've been working remotely for six months uh, at least. Uh, and so there's an amazing thing. Our, our team has grown 150% since we went into lockdown. And so I've not met a good chunk of my team. Wow. But, yeah. on, the, but on the occasion, some of our team will run into each other. So whether it's at, you know, at a grocery store or they both go and check mail at the office at the same time. And so we have a rule that if you, if you run into someone from the team or, or you meet up with them, uh, in person, you get fifty dollars for having having an outing with that person. Oh wow! And uh, I, I call it proof of selfie because there's proof mm. of work, which is how bitcoins run. There's proof of stake, and so if you send a selfie of the two of you, then then I send you um, fifty BUSD. That's is, awesome. It's a stable coin, so it's just fifty dollars. And I send it through our app, and I, I send it to them, and it gets to them, you know, roughly in two minutes, and. They're off, yeah. they're off, they're off on their ways. And can well, then what can they, what can they do with that? So with BUSD, you can actually use it to pay for plenty of things because it's and actually. And that can go into their, could that go into their bank account? Yeah, it can, they can move it directly into their bank account. Right. Um, they can. Quickly? Which, quickly. Yeah. But they can How also, would I even do, how would I even, I guess, uh, are you sending it through Binance? I'm sending it through Binance US. Yes. Yeah. To their and, other Binance US. And then that, so, and then so you transfer it to your bank account that way. Right. So now I get it. Okay. So so that's kind of one way. There's also like BitPay, which is set up in plenty of websites. Um, you'll see that kind of option, like pay with Bitcoin, and then BitPay will pop up, and you can link your Binance US wallet to that. And they have BUSD, XRP, BCH, ETH, Bitcoin, several types of crypto payments that you can link back to your wallet. Um, as well, you're, you're seeing folks, you know, want to only receive uh, that, and, and that's that's kind of one of our team members will, will pay with their, you know, their credit card in another way, and they'll have that as their holdings in their Binance US. But we're still thinking of ways of, you know, what's going to make that easier? What's going to make that even better? So where can we build so that people don't have that clunkiness of waiting for their bank account to show up with mm. the $50 and they can just go out and, you know, buy something quickly together yeah. or invest in it together. And, and that's kind of their little $50 fund that they have. Uh, so really what we've been talking about is the, the purpose of cryptocurrencies here, which 
over the last 15 minutes, if we break it down into, okay, number one is essentially the ability to to access it and trade it after hours, the increased availability. Yes. Yeah. Number two is just the instantaneous tra- uh, transfer of funds. Right. The three. What's is there a number three? Oh, there's yeah. There's, there's a lot. seventy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, the, the other the other component is is the the changes that can be made. After all, this is just code. So we're seeing such improvements and enhancements on this code that's being written and delivering a different type of service or delivering a different type of utility. And that creativity that is happening in crypto is really what keeps me energized. Yeah. That we saw, you know, in 2017, we saw 5,000 coins created. And there's a big difference in one. What point, happened one in 2017? Because that was just trippy the way that <laughs> happened. Well, I, I myself, I, my ears were perking up in 2017 that I needed to get into crypto and I leapt over. It took me about two weeks to quit my job in, in banking and jump over to, to work at Ripple. And it was the intensity of that market where you were beginning to see real adoption take place. We saw this huge bull rally uh, in 2017 where coins from nowhere were turning around you know, 40,000% profits. Dogecoin. Um, Do- yeah, you had Doge, you had Is that um, where, like, like, what's the point of holding that? Isn't that like just like a, a meme coin? Like what is the, like so it, so it why would a, you have your wealth in Dogecoin? <laughs> so I, I kind of take it as like training wheels. Like everything about Doge makes it a absolutely perfect digital asset. It's fully mm. decentralized. It, you know, it has the, the mechanics that it needs to be running. It is, you know, secure. There, there are components in which Doge lets people understand how digital assets work. And then there's the humor of it being all sourced down to a Shiba Inu. And so I, you know, I definitely think that there are some folks that are enjoying it for sake that there's a, you know, group, group that goes towards that type of a uh, mechanic, but the components of its digital asset are all, are all valid and, and, and present. So use it as a, this is what you need in order to be a digital asset and understand how, how that works. And certainly I think we saw some activity in, in 2020 with uh, Doge being quite popular on TikTok and, you know, other people kind of flooding to the excitement that Doge might be the coin that rallies. And so you certainly have to take that with a grain sure. of salt. Which which wave you're trying to ride? Is it one that's going to be long term? Is it one that's just going to be a quick, you know, short pop because of the excitement? But I, I really think that you need to understand what you're what you're going to be putting your money into in order to validate why why it went the way you expected or why the way it did not go the way you expected. How do you know which coin to should I say the word invest in to You can say invest in, you can say okay. you can say buy, you can say use. Yes. I mean, so so that's kind of the the aspect of the educate don't intimidate. I want people to also build up their, you know, their analytical awareness or or their their judgment process of being able to be an investor on their own. There's so many parts that go into digital assets that people forget aren't as digital as they sound. They're people. There's a team behind most of these projects. There's a you know quality of work that goes into the projects. There's a expectation of who's giving them money to build this. Um, so there's so many key pieces inside of a digital assets 
specific thing that you have to really understand each one of them. So I, I, you know, I look into the team, I look into whether or not this is, is legally not a security. That's a huge oh, wow. component that we, we look through in our digital asset risk assessment framework. That's something that we have to review each token that comes through. We have to do a full review of it before we're able to list it because we don't want to list things that people don't understand or that we don't understand. We have to do our own homework. Um, in order to list something. And so that's a, that's a huge component of it. Uh, I explained it earlier on another, uh, another podcast that, you know, what we do as a marketplace is provide a variety of, of different tokens, or you can call them sodas. So just consider, consider us kind of that cafeteria where you have a, a soda fountain. And sure, you've got Coca-Cola, which is kind of this well-known Bitcoin, you know, leader of the carbonated beverages. And, but there's different uses for each other of the sodas that you're looking for. And that's really where it's my job to make sure that they, they aren't poison. You know, they aren't going to be, Cyanide. Uh, yeah, they're, they're not going to be something that, you know, sends the, sends the world off in, in a, in a storm. And then we also want to know kind of what it is that differentiates them. So, you know, why, why do we have Coca-Cola, iced tea, lemonade, Mountain Dew and uh, Sprite? Well, because they offer different things. You know, your Sprite is not going to be your caffeinated beverage. Well, that's helpful. Your Mountain Dew is, you know, going to be your overly caffeinated beverage. Uh, your iced tea is has different flavors that different groups want. Uh, so you've got to cater that. You know, you've got your sweet tea, you've got your unsweetened, you've got your lemon tea, your green tea. They're going to be sure. diff- they're going to be for different people. So that's really where on on our side, understanding these tokens as these different offerings that we're giving people, making sure we know exactly what's behind them. You know, no one will know the the Coca-Cola recipe. No one will know who Satoshi Nakamoto is, but we know enough of other things that we can feel confident about it. So that, that's really how our team assesses it and how as an individual investor, I think people should be assessing it, understanding the yeah. components of it, understanding the drive, who, who's demanding Mountain Dew right now, or who's demanding lemonade? You know, if I was a cafeteria and it was, you know, dedicated for a school day, yeah, that lemonade is going to be probably the most popular item out there. But if it's, uh, you know, a frat house and it's for some uh, some other purposes, you're going to say, I'm doubtful people are going to go for the lemonade. Yes, for sure. You can't label anything as one certain item, and that's really mm. where the educational layer. It's important to teach you how to to lens and how to look at each item that comes your way in any form of an investment. And I want people to be able to have that certainty within themselves and the confidence to say, all right, I'm gonna run it through my rubric. I'm gonna make a decision if it's a good investment for myself, for my needs, and I'm gonna be able to make a choice with it. I'm also gonna manage that risk and realize if I'm down 50%, that's money Mm -hmm. I could lose. Or if I'm down 50%, that means I have to take money out of something else. Well, that's probably not a good idea. So it's really around that understanding and, and knowing how things work that, that I, I care for people to, to yeah. really grasp. So. so a couple more questions. I know I've, I've held you a while here. One of the things, one of the reasons, I guess, why I am just so much more comfortable in the stock market is that, yeah, it's got a proven track record of uh, like 100 plus years. Like it, it, you see the, the trend. It, it clearly has has always gone up over time. So as long as you don't sell, you don't really lose. Crypto, definitely, you know, what? Only like a 15-year track record. And what- 10. What haunts- yeah. yeah, 10. What haunts me is the incredible volatility. What is it that- Is it like, is, is there not this great risk in 
in keeping a store of value in cryptocurrencies? So th this goes back a little bit to our conversation around being a risk taker um, uh, from the yes. early days. Yes. Mm -hmm. When majority of the room says that's a bad idea, there's going mm. to be a few people that say I'm comfortable with this risk. And that is the room to which we're, we're currently playing in. There are a hundred reasons of why this won't work out. But there are also a hundred reasons why in the time of a global pandemic where none of us can leave our homes and none of us really have access to building new items or, or kind of going out in the world, crypto has absolutely flourished. And so building these resilient markets and ones that can combat anything that can come your way, printing trillions of dollars, locking everyone in their homes, preventing small businesses from being able to start up. These are things that digital assets and crypto has been able to ignore and, mm. and continue building and kind of rare is it to find the ability to have a, have a space where I've been able to grow a team, you know, 150% from my living room and, you know, increase our trading. We've just completed a, a year of being open. Six months of that, we were completely separate. Yes. And, you know, how does, how do you, how do you not have confidence in something that can weather such a storm as we've seen? And that, that's really where digital assets, regardless of what comes our way, they're super resilient. And that to me is the exciting part because um, I'm well aware that a lot of my stocks that I you know, initially thought were great purchases, their entire supply chains have been wiped out. Right. And you know, their, their entire business, how do people show up to work if we're told not to leave our homes? And, uh, you know, so those, those components, digital assets thrives in, you can trade from your couch, you can send money to people from your couch, you can build a crypto company from your couch. And I, yeah. th I think those are some of the elements where in the future that we're looking into, how can we build those resilient channels and businesses? And to me, crypto really offers that, yes. whether it's building a token project, whether that's you know, becoming a, a trader on your own, whether that's building more infrastructure, all of these components are still so much more resilient than the rest of the business model that we've seen. And equally, it's, it's wildly inclusive. Anyone can be a part of the crypto story. Whereas in, you know, in the stock world, in, in the traditional finance, you still feel left out. You still see credit bias going towards folks not in, in, the, in the minority. And in crypto, there's not that layer. Inclusion is not even an issue because it's all behind your computer. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's kind of that unbiased world. Yeah. Um, well, so. this has me rethinking my investment it's, strategy. It's more about taking the steps to understand it and feel comfortable yes. about diversifying away from it. But if, if you're confident in the way that the world is headed, you're going to want something that is resilient to it. And that, that diversification we see all the time. Uh, that's kind of the, the golden rule of investors is make yeah. sure that you are able to weather any storm mm -hmm. knowing what may come. And so I think that's where we've seen such a big attraction to crypto from the institutional traders, from the you know, well-established investors to say, okay, you know, this, this might not be where I'm putting all of my eggs, but 
there is some form of resilience there that we cannot get in traditional assets. And the value of the dollar is not helping my investments in current form. So what can I do to, to kind of hedge against that? And yeah. next even, level investing, that's yeah. what this is, I feel like. And, and it's, it, can, it can be your first investment because it's so easy to access. It can be your last investment because it, <laughs> you've already been a successful investor for so long. But, it, but it's certainly something that reaches a realm that we've not seen finance be able to go into. And that's really where I, I see the, the huge benefit and why I care about the infrastructure being built. Access is key. And I, I need this technology hasn't changed in the last 10 years that it was came out, but the infrastructure has changed. But the the access to, to getting your hands into your first digital asset investment, into the ways to which you can trade it, those are the things that are becoming improved upon. I'm quite excited about it. Yeah. Making it easier for people, making it work with their lives. Uh-huh. So Catherine, last question before my last question. This is a quick one. I'm I'm more the the buy and hold type. I'm I'm an investor. I'm not a trader. Can I do that with with crypto? Can I can I buy and hold like that? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Right. Okay, okay, got it. Yeah, you're still gonna care about your fees because when you take profit, you don't want to lose them to the house. <laughs> so, right. so you you want to place with low trading fees either either even if you're a high frequency trader or if you're a one time and yeah. hold it for ten years. Okay. Is there a is there a, a Robinhood type platform in the world of crypto where there are no trading fees or has that has that not hit that? Yeah, I mean the the interesting thing about the advertising of no trading fees is it often means that the spread to which you are able to buy and sell is a lot wider. Uh, so it's they don't charge you up front, but they charge mm. you when you're trading. So I always mm. tell people to be cautious about. Um, when something's free, you know, you have to understand what it is. Is it your data being sold? Is it your buys and sells being signals for larger players in the market? Um, and that's really been some of the success of these free trading platforms is that there yeah. are larger, larger folks getting access to that data down the road. Very interesting. Binance US, we, we provide the lowest fees possible without uh, putting your data up for uh, up for sale for, That's for, good. for other folks. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> it is good. Uh, it's something I care about. I, I don't necessarily want people knowing how indecisive I am uh, <laughs> if I'm if I'm trading or, you know, want people to understand that this is not a, not a situation where we're trying to profit from people trading sure. back and forth. We're really just trying to keep the lights on um, and make sure that we can deliver the service and the quality that users need. But uh, there really shouldn't be that many fees in crypto because of how streamlined it is. Sure. The number of middlemen are completely reduced, unlike your banks, unlike your um, you know, larger investment houses, because there are so many inefficiencies where people are needed. But in crypto, it, it's pretty straightforward. Wonderful. Well, it's been a great crypto crash course with Catherine Coley. That's alliteration for you right there. You've got to go into a space that's going to let you be yourself. So Crypto yeah. crypto Coley had a nice ring to it. It's, yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> so it, it, is a, it is a great tag on, on Twitter. And yes, at Crypto Coley on Twitter, at Binance US on Twitter, and of course, Binance.us, the app and the website. I have the app on my phone. I'm going to play with it today it. and, it and takes, tomorrow. You know, it takes 20 seconds and $20 to learn how yes. something works. So yeah, um, I'm excited. We're absolutely uh, thrilled to be able to welcome more people. If you've got questions, things that aren't making sense inside of our platform, raise them up to us. My entire team is super accessible and, and we really like to make it work for people, understand Wonderful. it. 
Well, Catherine, my final question that I ask everyone is if, and I kind of know the answer to this because uh, we just did a crypto crash course, but if you could teach a course in university, course of your creation or otherwise, what would it be? Would it be everything that we talked about today? No, it would be how to honor other people in their presence. Ah. <laughs> Catherine Coley, I appreciate you. Thank you very much. Thank you. We've reached the end of this episode of Growth Mindset University. For more keys to success and methods to inspire your entrepreneurial spirit, head to jordanparis.com slash course and enroll in our free course to elevate your podcast to the next level. Be sure to pass the show along to someone you know who will benefit from the lessons learned in each episode and we'll catch you and them on the next episode of Growth Mindset University.